Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Fantasy Injury Team podcast brought to you by Guys Trip. Are you planning a golf trip, bachelor party, sporting event trip, or just need a weekend getaway with the guys? Guys Trip will plan your entire trip, and they will save you up to 30% off retail pricing for rental homes, transportation, golf, nightlife, and so much more. Visit guystriplive.com and use the code FIT, F-I-T, for an extra 10% off your fee today. Guys Trip, just show up. Hard to believe it is now week seven in the NFL and in the fantasy season. Hopefully you are all enjoying your fantasy football season and surviving the craziness. I continue to, Tom, be depressed and struggling it's been a rough year. Doctor of Physical Therapy, Tom Christ, has it been as rough for you as it's been for me? Well, I am not a Giants fan, so no, it's not quite as bad for me. I would say my my main home league team not doing so great, but I do have uh, my my next most important league, next highest stakes league. I'm looking at five and one, ready to make a, a serious run, and then I've got a couple other leagues that I'm you know middle of the pack. If I just make some right right moves and things can start going my way. Good to hear. I'm on the struggle bus in my two huge leagues. I think in those leagues, I'm, I mean, I made a list here of guys that I'm forced to start this week. One league, I'm doing Algier and Bijan together. God help me. Uh, I got to take a flyer on Rashid Shahid in one of my leagues. I just dropped Quentin Johnston. I want to drop Cam Akers. I have him everywhere. I want to, I want to cut the ties. I want to get rid of Jahan Dotson. I got to start Jamison Williams possibly in a week. It's, I don't know what's going on this year. I have my one-on-one league, which I'm okay in. The Vampire League is good, and my work league is okay. But like the big ones that I care so much about have been a struggle. But we continue to fight and scrap and claw, Tom. That's what we're going to do. We're going to fight for wins and Hopefully you could talk me through some of these injuries and, and maybe even give me some advice because uh, I need it this year. It's a down year fantasy-wise and certainly a down year for the New York Giants. And later we'll talk about my sleeper pick from last week, which, Tom, I don't know if you know, but wait till that session. But it's a head-scratcher, and my goodness gracious, that was depressing. But hopefully you guys you know, tune in with us and, and enjoy our content here. Listen, if you're listening, we're happy to help you guys, but throw us a bone. Give us a five-star rating, guys, on, on Spotify. It goes such a long way for us like our podcast, subscribe to it, share with a friend. But again, just a five-star rating. If you have two seconds, guys, goes such a long way for us. We appreciate it very much. So we got a good show today, guys. We have all of our injury updates from around the league. We've got our sleeper picks. We have the Vampire Diaries and a brand new little mini segment. Make sure you guys stick around till the end because I got a little history question for you. Not always going to be history, but got some trivia out there for you. Maybe some uh, some winning prizes for the people who tweeted us. So Got a really good show for you guys today. Let's hop into injuries. And as always, check out our site, fantasyinjuryteam.com. You could see more in-depth articles, injury analysis, reports. We've got detailed statistics there from you, what you can expect from all the players. Tom writes an awesome article weekly. There's awesome content there. But let's talk through some of that content, Tom. We have, let's see, 11, 12, 13 major injuries, and then some guys that we're going to monitor Let's start with Deshaun Watson. He has a shoulder injury, could possibly return this week against the 49ers. I did see that he did not practice today. So what is the status of Deshaun Watson? Just absolutely confusing reporting. And I'm going to do my best to read between the lines here because there are a lot of lines that need to be read through. 
His injury was week three, right? So that's almost four weeks now. It's being reported initially as a rotator cuff contusion. A contusion's a bruise. So in the first week or two, yeah, that makes sense. Cool. He could have a bruise in the rotator cuff muscles at that point. He's not going to still have a bruise four weeks later. Now, we're getting more detailed reports. It's a subscapularis muscle deep bruise. So the subscapularis is one of the four rotator cuff muscles. It sits on the front side of the shoulder blade, attaches into the humerus, which is the arm bone. And its job is, well, one, all the rotator cuff muscles hold the arm bone in the shoulder socket when the arm goes overhead, like in throwing. So it kind of suctions it up in there. And then the subscapularis in particular helps transition the arm from the cockback phase to the follow-through phase. So it brings the arm forward and across the body. So an injury there, which I am now interpreting this as just a straight-up subscapularis tendon injury. Forget the contusion. It would not still be bruised four weeks later. So he has a rotator cuff injury to the subscapularis muscle, so that's going to make it hard to do that, that forceful throwing. But here's where there's another layer there. Very rarely, I mean, very rarely, I mean, I've seen this once ever clinically, is the subscap muscle injured on its own. It's very hard for that muscle to get injured or muscle or tendon to get injured without other stuff also getting injured. So this is telling me that he probably has injury to multiple rotator cuff muscles or tendons. That's going to sound worse, though, to, to a lot of people than it could be. Sure, a lot of people with rotator cuff injuries end up getting surgery, about a six-month rehab that would end his season. But so many people don't get surgery. They just rehab it, and they can get back to full strength, no pain, full function. And uh, for football players in particular, a lot of times they'll rehab it and just kind of play with it through the season and then get surgery in the offseason. With Watson, there's no indications that his season's shutting down at this point. Um, but we do need to just be kind of careful here and, and ensure that he is given the time to rehab this before coming back and playing. Doesn't sound like he's on track so far to play this week. Whenever he does play, I, I would not start him that first week because we want to see how that shoulder's looking before we put him back in our lives, especially because he's really like a fringe QB one QB two. So I don't think this is means to go and drop him, but we do need to be careful here. We need to be cautious. If he plays this week, we hold him out of our lineups. Wow. That was a lot of lines to read in between Tom and uh, Scapia Hippahaka and all these, all these muscles. That's it made sense to me though. So thank you for making that make sense to me. And you're right. I mean, Watson, I did have some hopes for this year, but he hasn't played since week three. Browns are miraculously somehow three and two. They shocked the 49ers uh, what, in week five. I think they're coming off a bye this week, right? The Browns are. No, was it last week that they shocked them? Yeah, they just last beat them. Week. yeah last week, week six. So 19 to seven, which was crazy. And the Browns have struggled in the passing game. I mean, right now it's, it's to PJ Walker, who's respectable, I guess. But Browns right now, offensively, just fantasy standpoint-wise, they're uh, 30th in passing yards. Now, this week, I don't think you're looking to play P.J. Walker, but just for the Browns' options, they do have a pretty soft matchup. Um, let's see. They have 
you know, options, I guess, for the Browns players are limited. But, you know, overall, Jerome Ford looks pretty strong. 17 for 84 and two catches. Hunt's usage has been decent. And I think Cooper still, although he's been inconsistent, I still consider him to be a viable but risky uh, flex play. But options limited there for that offense as a whole. The Browns play the Colts this week, like we said, a pretty soft matchup passing-wise. Um, but we'll see if Watson does return. Okay. On to Trevor Lawrence. Tom, he hasn't, I don't know if this is a new knee injury, you know, and also the fact that he plays tomorrow or today, depending on when you're listening, but him and the Jags passing attack hasn't looked the same as they've, they've looked in the past and have we expected them to look, but what's going on with Trevor Lawrence? Well, we saw towards the end of the game, he, um, he was running. I think he was rolling out to the left side, got tackled and his, his knee, he came up with a left knee injury. But if you really look at the video, his knee didn't undergo any type of uh, motion or displacement that would really stress any of the major structures in there. So from from the video there right away, I, I knew there wasn't anything major going on. And then we get more video later of him walking into the locker room. And he had a little bit of a limp where you saw his weight shifts a little bit more to the left side when that left leg is in stance. Um, and that's a very common gait compensation when there's a injury to either the knee or the ankle on that side where it's really more of a pain thing versus a, a true full-blown injury. So from those two videos really in, in the moment on Sunday, you could tell this wasn't going to be anything major. And that's really how it sounds. It's a very minor knee sprain. Um, the If it wasn't a Thursday night game, I would have literally no concerns at all. He still could be dealing with some swelling, some pain, some stiffness. But again, this is his left leg. It's not his right leg. So as a right-handed quarterback, pushes off the right leg for power. That's not going to be a problem. He might just not be able to move around quite as well. But I think that if he suits up Thursday night, there's not enough here to for me to take him out of my lineup. I would still play him. Fair enough. I mean, hopefully it is enough rest. Again, unfortunately, he does have that early Thursday night game against the Saints. Listen, as a whole, Jags look okay, man. They look pretty good. I mean, they go to, uh, what, uh, England or London, and they win two games over there, but they're 4-2. and two. They're sitting atop the AFC South right now. Um, Jags offensively right now, 12th in total yards, 16th in total defense, so they're mediocre statistically. But, Tom, the Jags have beat the Bills. They beat the Colts twice, who are okay. Lost by only one score to the Chiefs. Like, they've been all right. They're getting by, man. But bad news is Lawrence, from a fantasy standpoint, hasn't been great. And, Tom, we talked preseason about Lawrence. Like, you and me both had him top six, top seven. Like, I still think he's that caliber guy. But, yeah, right now, QB 15, averaging just 14.7 points per game. So, hopefully, brighter days from a fantasy perspective for Trevor Lawrence, but the Jags look pretty good. And the rest of their weapons, I mean, Christian Kirk continues to be extremely reliable. Tom looked at his numbers, man, since week two, half point PPR, Christian Kirk, 16.5, 13.4, 12.4, 11.4, 12.4. Insanely consistent, man. He's been good. Ridley, a little disappointing. Tom, you talked about how he's kind of running into some bad luck, but getting the targets, not cashing in, and ETN, man, like, it's been a rough year for me, man. I'm going to keep powering through. I'm going to keep doing my research, keep providing you stuff. I kind of faded ETN uh, aggressively. That's a swing and a miss for me, but he's uh, RB3 right now. Been absolutely freaking piping back-to-back -back massive games. Um, but, Tom, quickly, 
is Lawrence startable? I mean, of course it depends on your options, but you know, maybe you have, you know, I don't know, Brock Purdy on your team. Maybe you're looking at like Stafford. Like, would you play Lawrence this week? I mean, kind of a tough matchup against the saints. I think they're fifth in the league in passing yards, even though they haven't played good competition, but what do you think about Lawrence for this week, at least? It, it is a tough matchup, but yeah, I, I do really believe in Trevor Lawrence in this offense. And then, I mean, keep in mind, the first three or two guys we've talked about here, the next guy we're going to talk about, quarterbacks, quarterbacks, quarterbacks. That was the theme of the injuries this week. It was so many quarterbacks got injured. Yep. And then we're also in by territory now. So in a vacuum, is Trevor Lawrence a set it and forget it QB1? Maybe not. But given the circumstances with guys like Justin Fields injured, um, I can't—I don't know off the top of my head who's on buy, but there's a couple buys this week. It's—it's definitely—he's a guy that I think will be started around most fantasy leagues this week, and for good reason. Yeah, fair enough. There, there's a lot of injuries we'll talk later about. And we've already talked about a couple, but you have Carolina. That's somewhat irrelevant. Joe Burrow's on a buy. Dak Prescott's on a buy. C.J. Stroud, if you were playing him. Jets, I don't think so. <laughs> Tennessee on a buy. So, yeah, I mean, it could be a good option. I still feel good about him. Maybe just not to be a top five quarterback. All right. Next guy, Tom, Justin Fields, a dislocated right thumb. Uh, what do you have on him? Bad, bad, bad news because I got him everywhere too, man. But what do you got for Fields? This is the type of injury that the news that we're hearing out of Chicago is actually really positive because this could end up needing surgery, uh, could have ended up needing surgery. Whenever there's a dislocation, there's pretty much always ligament damage as well. And the extent of the ligament damage is going to contribute to instability of that joint, meaning it could dislocate again and again and again and again. With everything we're hearing out of Chicago, I have not heard surgery once. So that tells me that the ligament injury isn't so severe that he can't regain the stability and, and be just fine. So what he needs to do do in order to play again is get pain and swelling down which is going to influence range of motion get so get that full range of motion back and then get the grip strength back this is, a, is an injury i've seen a, a numerous times clinically and typically it's about two to four weeks to accomplish all those things with fields being younger than some of the people i've seen this in and an elite athlete who with access to round the clock treatment like multiple hours every day, we, we could see him back more on that two two week side, um, but I would expect somewhere between that two and four. We'll see, and I think he'll be able to play well. Will his accuracy be off in that first game? Maybe because we don't know if he if they send him back on the field with truly a hundred percent of that grip strength, right. or is it still a little bit weaker? We don't know. We've seen Russell Wilson struggle when he comes back from finger and thumb injuries. Um, I believe Dak Prescott struggled a little bit as well. So sometimes that first game for a passer is a little bit of a struggle, but you can definitely hang on to Justin Fields to make that fantasy playoff run. Um, I think a month from now, he'll be pretty much 100%. I hope so. He's been progressing. Not perfect this year. I mean, the Bears are only 1-5. in five. Um you know, I'm definitely hoping to see him back. I could see them not rushing him back because he probably is their franchise guy. But the poor get poorer, Tom. This is going to be really tough for them. And the guy who steps in, man, another name who I saw on Red Zone and on ESPN, 
who I never heard of before. Tyson Badgent is going to be stepping in here, Tom. I am not disrespecting him at all. My man was serviceable. He looked pretty good, and I hope that he does do well this week. Tom, you know, I don't think you would know this. Any clue where he played his college ball? Actually, what a silly question because I don't even know if the school is real. He played for Shepherd University, Tom, in West Virginia. He played for the what? Shepherd Rams, a <laughs> D2 team with, here we go, with roughly 3,000 total students. My high school, for perspective, has 2,800 students. Oh, this guy played. I saw a funny a funny tweet today. Hold on. Uh, so this past December, Tyler uh, Tyson Badgent threw two interceptions and was sacked eight times against a school called Colorado School of Mines. He will face the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday. Oh, what a story. I've actually, actually heard of Colorado School of Mines. I don't know why. I, maybe I was watching that game, but um, that is very interesting. <laughs> Listen, I mean, just from a football perspective, the Bears were, were bad with fields. I think they're going to be horrendous without him. DJ Moore, again, a guy that absolutely you should not drop, but I think that absolutely you should also still be able to play just because I think he's probably going to get an insane target share, right? He's uh, reliable. He's going to probably be able to help the young quarterback. Uh, I just do think it, of course, drops his value. And we'll talk a little bit later about the backfield here. I mean, Roshan Johnson. But this week, Tom, the Bears are underdogs to the Raiders. Um, with a disgusting projected total of only 37 and a half points. So Vegas not expecting much offense. I'm not expecting much offense, but I think you still can play more. Roshan Johnson we'll talk about in a little bit. All right, Tom, time for us to buy a Shepherd University uh, <laughs> T-shirt. We're going to wear it to our next episode if he wins this week. All right. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tom, uh, on to some running backs here. We'll talk a little more about quarterbacks later, some additional ones, but – CMC was hurt. I've seen, Tom, you got to clarify this for us, oblique and rib. I saw he was going to miss a lot of time. Now it seems like he it's not a serious injury. And I think they play, yeah, they play Monday, which makes things tricky against the Vikings. What do you have on CMC? We're in a interesting state now where if anything happens to Christian McCaffrey, God forbid he has a paper cut, the entire fantasy football community is going to lose their freaking mind and assume that he is done forever. That is not the case here. It's an oblique injury, and he had the MRI the other day, and then like right away it's like, oh, after the MRI, it's like, oh, he might play Monday. That tells us this is a super minor injury. The obliques, one of our abdominal muscles, it attaches on the ribs as well as some other places. That's why rib is also included in there. Its job is to twist our torso. So if you think someone like McCaffrey, who's a big time pass catcher, you may have to turn his torso to make a catch. That's where it could be a little bit hampering him. Um, also bracing for contact. Uh, but this year we've seen Jalen Waddle and Puka Nakua have this injury, not really miss much time and not really see much effect on their game. And so far at least not have a recurrence. So I am not concerned at all with this. All right. Great news, even though he does play Monday. Um, still going extremely strong. The fantasy RB1 right now. You guys at home, I'm going to ask Tom this question. And, you know, Tom, uh, you can think about it for a couple seconds here. Who are the next nine running backs behind him? Because I'm going to give you a little second at home here to 
think about this because I'd like you to participate in our show. Shout it out in your car to your wife or to your friends. It's just I'm looking at this list and I just want to be sick because one, I don't really have many of these guys. And two, if somebody told me this would be the top 10 about a third or so way through the season, I, I think I would lose it. I would I don't it's just fantasy is unbelievable. Tom, how many of the next nine can you name this year? Let's see. All right. Let me see. Travis Etienne. Correct. Kyron Williams. Correct. Um, he's not high on there, but Tony Pollard's probably on there. Nope. Outside. Okay. Damn. DeAndre Swift. Correct. Um, Crazy. Zach Moss. Correct. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, You're missing a couple. Montgomery. Montgomery's in there. Yep. That's what, five? Yeah, you're missing number two and number seven and ten. Ten, seven, and two. Uh, don't don't tell me yet. Give me a give me a uh, conference. Well, two and five are on the same team. The same team. Yeah, one just missed a week. AFC. Oh boy. Uh, AFC East. AFC. They're on the Dolphins. They're on. Oh, dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I, I drove. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, they, yeah. Brees Hall. Uh, creeping up into that mix, but not there. Ten. I'll give you ten. Ten's Bijan. He's been oh, fine, okay. but not excellent. And then seven is Ken Walker. Like names like Mostert, Kyron Williams, Devon, Eight Chain. Is that like it's crazy? But CMC, of course, topping that list. But that was a fun little activity, Tom. Uh, I'll give you a a B minus. But uh, it's passing. It is. Now, let's talk just quickly through just in case. So, Tom, you seem like you're not that worried about CMC. We're OK, hopefully. Right. But just the guys behind them, because I think it, it's a little bit dicey and I think it's worth it to, to talk about for a minute. So on their actual depth chart, Elijah Mitchell is listed as the RB2 and Shanahan has been vocal that he likes him. Realistically, we know and I know from experience, Mitchell is a guy who is always hurt. He seems like he's always hurt. I think he's on the tail end of his career. Last week, two carries for negative three yards. He didn't look great. Now, it's not the right direction. It's not. Literally not the right direction. Now, Jordan Mason is listed next. I love Jordan Mason as not even close to CMC. I think he's so much better than Elijah Mitchell. Um, that doesn't mean he's going to get the reps, but uh, he's the guy that I would prefer in this backfield. He runs hard. He's hard to tackle. He probably could start for a handful of teams. Last week, five carries for 27 yards, a lot better than two carries for negative three yards. I know Shanahan likes Mitchell, but I think if something was to happen to CMC or just for a handcuff situation, I really like Jordan Mason. So that's my two cents on it. Let's move on to another running back, Tom, Aaron Jones, who has a hamstring injury. And before you go, Tom, it's been – for Jones drafters, it's been ugly. I mean, it's been ugly for a lot of us this year, but he had a 25.7 half PPR points in week one, 1 1.9 points in week four. I think that's when he got hurt, and that's been it. But you do have the Packers coming off a bye. What's the deal with Aaron Jones? It was it was week one that he got hurt. So he did all of that okay. in about three quarters, and he missed two games, returns in week four, and only plays 35% of the snaps. Uh, Unclear if... That's when he got re-injured or if he re-injured it in practice the following week. But either way, he re-injured the same hamstring. And we've seen this story a lot. When an older player, he's 28, 
has the hamstring injury early in the season. It comes back, same exact injury, gets worse again, and then it lingers all season long. Let's hope that's not the case with Jones, but right now I don't feel great about him. Um, the age is absolutely part of it. If he was 23, 24, I wouldn't be as concerned, but we've already seen him have two hamstring injuries, the same one in about a four-week span, um, and we know that the two biggest risk factors for injury are prior injury and age. And while 28 doesn't sound old to a lot of people, for running backs, it is. Um, Green Bay has a history of being very cautious when bringing their players back from injury. So even if he does play this week, I do not expect him to see a gigantic snap share. I would expect it to be a lot of A.J. Dillon not really doing much, but still being on the field. Um, I, I, I think unless your back's really against the wall, you want to hold him out this week if he plays. Hopefully... He does play, and hopefully he doesn't get re-injured. And if that's the case, then next week we have this discussion again, and hopefully it's more optimistic. Hard pill to swallow if you do have Jones. And I listened to your advice, I think, last week or the week before when you told us to sit T. Higgins, and I think T. Higgins had like one or two catches. It was two a great catch for 20 yards. Yeah, it was, a, it was an awesome take by you. Sometimes it is hard to do these things and swallow your pride a little bit and, and sit a guy like Aaron Jones, who's been a staple in the fantasy world for years. But I don't disagree with what you're saying. I mean, they are coming off a bye. Hopefully he did have more time to rest. It's just unfortunate because I just think A.J. Dillon stinks too. I mean, this year, man, an abysmal three yards, 3.0 yards per carry. Um, and in my research, Tom, I found out here's another thing that is just absurd. I found out A.J. Dillon's real name. Uh, his first name is, well, his name is Algiers Jamil William Dillon Jr. What a name. Congratulations, yeah, it A.J. It makes me actually want to have him on my yeah. team. I think I'm more interested now. Algiers, like almost, it's spelled almost like Tyler Algier. Awesome. But I, I just, I don't love him. But you know what? If he's going to get the lion's share of the carries, then it'd be funny if they were playing the lions would have been a great pun. Not this time. Uh, you know, I, I would, I guess, play him. And I guess the good news there, if you really need to play Jones or really anybody on this offense, because I think you can get Christian Watson a good week this week. I think you could sneak Dobbs into your lineup this week because they play Tom, the absolute Mickey mouse, Disney character filled. I don't know what the hell you want to call this defense, the Broncos. It's basically impossible to not succeed and to not have a career game against the Broncos. You got Mickey Mouse at defensive tackle. You got Minnie, a cornerback, Donald Duck at the corner at safety. You got sit. I don't know what the hell's going on in that defense, but it, it's atrocious. They're dead last in total yards allowed 30th in pass defense, 32nd, which is dead last in run defense, 32nd in points allowed. And the Packers are coming off a bye. Like if this is an opportunity for, to play any Packer, I think this is it. I mean, I'm worried about Jones as you are, but I guess if you're desperate, my take is that you can sneak him in. But, you know, Tom's usually right on these things, and <laughs> I might go with him. All right, Tom, let's get to the Lions running backs. We have David Montgomery. We'll start with him. A rib injury, and all I keep seeing is he's going to miss some time. So what the hell does that all mean? It's a rib cartilage injury. So um, that's kind of the cartilage is, is some of the tissue between the rib and the sternum where, where it all comes together. This is basically the same injury that Alvin Kamara and Justin Herbert had last season. Kamara, of course, will be the better comp, being that he's the same position. Kamara missed one game last year. One of the things we need to consider here is the pec major muscle, which is the 
big, strong bench press muscle. It's also the muscle that really helps secure the ball when running backs carrying the ball to prevent them from fumbling that attaches right next to where this rib cartilage is. And when you're holding a football, preventing a guy from ripping it out, that muscle is contracting really, really hard, which is then pulling really, really hard right about where that uh, rib cartilage is. So to me, that's the big thing that could be a problem with a running back here is their ability to hold onto the ball, at least on the side in the arm that the injury is on. Um, he's not going to play this week. It's, it's not looking like, I don't expect this to be a tremendously long absence. Like I said, Kamara missed one game last year, but I would expect, especially on a team that has good other running backs, I would expect them to reduce Montgomery's snap load for a little bit while he continues to heal from this. This usually takes somewhere between two and four weeks for it to fully resolve, but of course, a bad hit could flare it up again. So I think they will try to protect him to some degree whenever it is that he does come back. Um, but looks like he's not playing this week. I wouldn't expect a, a tremendously lengthy absence, though. Okay. Just looking at their schedule, I mean, based off what you're saying, I see him back week 10. They get the Ravens this week, Raiders in week eight, and then they have that week nine bye. Um, I, you know, what the heck do I know about injuries? But I could see them just holding him out the two weeks and into the bye. So what about his backup, which I thought would be who I thought would be the starter and who I thought would be dominating the NFL at this point. But we've had some hiccups here for Jameer Gibbs. Hamstring injury. He was a DNP weeks five and six. Can we <laughs> please see him back in week seven? I hope so. He was limited in practice today, which is Wednesday that we're recording this as he returns from this hamstring injury. And remember, running backs miss about 2.2 games. He's missed two, so he's really right on track to come back and play this week. Um, and typically, we don't actually see any drop-off in fantasy production in running backs as they return from hamstring injuries. But and I think we talked about this last week. Gibbs actually profiles as the type that may see a little hit on his fantasy production because he's a speed guy and he's a pass catcher. And the load on the hamstring increases dramatically at that top end speed. So someone like Gibbs, who's out in space a lot, has a lot more room to run, has the ability to get up to top speed where one, his top speed might be not as fast as it usually is as he continues to recover. But also that's where it would be more likely to have a re-injury occur. So I do think you can start Gibbs since Montgomery will be out if he plays this week. Um, but I don't know that you're going to get a gigantic game out of him. Okay. So well said again. And I said the same thing last week where he hasn't, yes, he's missed five and six weeks, five and six. He hasn't crushed you though, right? He hasn't been the Jameer Gibbs that we'd hope for 18, 20, whatever points going off, but He's been, I forget the numbers, but he's pretty been, you know, been pretty consistently eight, nine, ten points. Now this week, the Lions do have a pretty stiff test. They play the Ravens, who have been excellent defensively. I think if Gibbs can go, you play him. I just, I mean, it might not be a full increased workload. And Tom, you keep alluding to the fact that it's going to hurt him, his top end speed, because he is a speedster. So that does worry me, but... I think I'm just playing him on spite because if I drafted Gibbs, I took him in the third round. I just want to get him out there. I want to see what he could do and I'm not trying to have him be burned on my bench. But if Gibbs cannot go, 
I think Craig Reynolds, Tom, becomes a must start just because of his, I'm not saying he's amazing, but his role, his usage, unfortunately, last week he was 10 for 15, 10 carries for 15 yards. Not great, not ideal. But well, here's the thing with Reynolds. This was a, a recent notification. Uh, he actually is dealing with a hamstring and a toe injury himself. Oh, my so, goodness. <laughs> yeah. Are you so, serious? When did that come across? It was like it was after you already sent all the show notes. So it, it Which was, was very, like an hour ago. Oh, yeah, my God. It was pretty, it was pretty recent. Um, so we'll have to monitor that. But did you see his block the other day? I did not. No. He oh, just lit oh, someone up. My God. Good. He, he was whoever had the ball. Reynolds was like 10, 15 yards behind them. And you just see him sprint in front of the guy on his team with the ball, absolutely pancake someone. And then his guy goes, it was, it was St. Brown. And then St. Brown just has an easy path to the end zone. Awesome. I absolutely love to see that. Um, so now I'm confused because I'm, I'm now I'm just scrambling, Tom. And I'm looking at the Lions depth chart. You got Montgomery, not playing. Gibbs, what if he doesn't play? Craig Reynolds, what if he doesn't play? Their fourth one is Zonovan Knight, who is still on IR. What? <laughs> what is going to happen? <laughs> that is a great question. I, I can't. I can't. I mean, I'm sure they have people, of course, on their practice squad. Or worst case, they'll call someone up who's 28 years old. That's just Leonard Fournette dying to get on a football team for a couple of weeks. But like, I can't. I'm on my fourth website, and I don't see a running back that's not hurt. So this is going to be an interesting story. To, to follow up. Hopefully Gibbs does play. What'd you say, Tom, earlier? You think Gibbs probably He's, will play? He was limited today. So that's okay. a good sign for him to be able to play. Okay. Um, and I don't know how severe Reynolds injury is either. I mean, we, we don't have a whole lot of information on it yet, but we'll definitely be monitoring throughout the week. All right. Sounds good. We've got one, two, three, four. We got about five players left before we go to the next one. We are thrilled everybody to be partnering with SeatGeek. Go see your favorite team or fantasy stars in action and use our promo code injury fantasy. That's injury fantasy for $20 off your purchase. It works for everything for concerts, for uh, sports games. But once again, that is SeatGeek, which we're thrilled to be sponsoring with Tom. Next player is a guy that I really liked preseason and still do Roshan Johnson of the bears. It's still that concussion. You're going to yell at me, Tom, because I'm going to say concussion. Why is he still out? And you're going to say, actually the research says, 14 days. Uh, damn it. Okay. Go ahead. Take the floor. Damn it. <laughs> uh, I mean, with concussions, there's really not a whole lot for us to break down. It's as simple as do they play? Great. Do they not play? You don't start them. With Roshan, he didn't practice today, Wednesday, but we'll keep monitoring the reports throughout the week. Uh, he needs to clear the concussion protocol. But if he plays, uh, he's actually not a terrible start this week. Although the quarterback situation is, um, let's say, interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. Um, now, if he is able to go, I am in on him. I mean, Foreman was admirable. He was okay in the absence of Herbert and of Johnson. 65 yards on 15 carries. Darrington Evans was actually used. He was he was the backup for who? Henry for a bunch of years for yeah, Titans, correct. right? A little scat back. He was used for 10 touches, but... If Roshan is able to go, I am in on him. Play the Raiders, ranked 21st against the run. I talked up Roshan in the preseason a little bit. I'm a believer of him. Um, he's a t I actually just learned this today too, Tom. Roshan Johnson, uh, Texas high school, I forget where he went, was an all-state quarterback. Freshman year in college, switched to running back. So that was that was an interesting find for me. How about that? I feel like there's a lot of guys like that. There but is, there is. 
if he didn't back up Bijan, we would have heard, I think, a heck of a lot more about him. He's tough. He's a hard runner. Only one career fumble in college. He's not super fast, but he's a solid running back. My comp for him is Brian Robinson, just a guy who's going to get the job done. I do like Roshan, so if he plays, I am definitely in on him this week. Tom, another ugly backfield situation. It's the Rams. Let's talk about Kyron Williams, a sprained ankle. What do you got? There's kind of mixed reports on what the sprain is. I know um, a lot of uh, people on Twitter who really break down the injuries like I do uh, are suggesting that it looks like a high ankle sprain. And uh, the video is a little unclear. There's a lot of bodies in the way. But that's definitely possible, especially after the reports that he's going to be out for a few weeks. That's more consistent with the high ankle sprain than a lateral ankle sprain. Either way, both types of sprains are going to make it hard for a running back to cut and they can contribute to further sprains um, or, or like more sprains in the future. Uh, he's not going to play this week. He's going to miss a couple weeks, but whatever the injury is, it's not impossible for him to come back and play really, really well. So keep him on your, on your teams. And I mean, he's been awesome this year. He could very well still help you with a run through the, uh, the fantasy playoffs. Just you're not going to have him for a few weeks. Yeah, he has been really good. And uh, for all of you that are going to make the playoffs, good luck out there. Have fun with this. <laughs> I wish I, I wish I was in more leagues, but enough, enough of me complaining. So in terms of Kyron Williams, I said last week, and Tom, I said it like a couple times this year. I was like, make sure you have the backup on this team because it's always a sketchy situation. Maybe Kyron Williams gets hurt. I had Ronnie Rivers rostered everywhere, and they just put him on the IR today. He hurt his knee. So now what, right? I mean, this is a situation, Tom, that like, I don't know how to predict it correctly, but I think if you hit, if Kyron Williams, because I did see that he like, I don't know. I heard what you just said, but fringe might be put on the IR. I don't like, I don't know. We don't know with Kyron Williams. Maybe he's really hurt. Maybe he's not. But I think if you nail the guy who is going to be in there for the next three or four weeks, you got a good chance here because this backfield, like whoever it is back there, it's a really valuable position. You could tell me at the end, Tom, who you think you would take of these guys, but I'm looking at the names here. So you got, I'll just take off the list immediately. Miles Gaskin. No, thank you. See you later. They have Zach Evans is the guy that, that fantasy Twitter is going a little bit crazy about here. They're saying that, you know, that he's, well, first off, he's 22 years old out of old miss last week, or actually in his career, Zach Evans, Four carries for 10 yards. Has some size, has some speed. Um, you know, a lot of people are saying he's the best running back in that whole running back room, even when they're all healthy. So he's an interesting one. They got Royce Freeman they just signed. He's projected points he's on still ESPN. Around. Um, <laughs> I, my notes on Royce Freeman is as follows. Three bullet points. 3.7 career yards per carry. 27 years old. Third bullet point just says stinks. So no thank you for Royce Freeman. Here's one that I'm going to sound like an idiot to some of you. What if Daryl Henderson, okay, who they just signed him to the practice squad. I would listen in a season where the craziness, the craziest things ever is happening. You have like Adam Thielen as like a top five rival. Like what the hell's even going on this year? Daryl Henderson wouldn't shock me if he leads the Rams in, in, in running back snaps either this week or next week. He played here last year. He's a good run blocker. Like I would be targeting Zach Evans and, I don't know, stash Daryl Henderson. Like he's sitting on my roster on ESPN, Tom. It doesn't even say he's on a team because I guess he's on the practice squad. It just says free agent and he's projected zero. And I might have to put him in my starting lineup, but we will see. Next week we'll have some clarity there. All right. 
couple left, Tom. Debo Samuel, shoulder injury, uh, day-to-day injury. Uh, what do you have on Debo Samuel? Not not looking serious at all. This was in the same report as when we got the news on McCaffrey's injury not being serious. They are not concerned, and uh, he may play Monday. Thinking about it being a shoulder injury doesn't affect his ability to run, cut, get open, run after the catch, none of that. He's not going to play if he doesn't have the range of motion to catch a ball above his head. So while we don't really see much dip in fantasy production at all, we do see an 18% dip in snap rate for receivers after this type of injury, probably just to protect them. So if there's any hit on his fantasy production, it's more likely to come from just not being on the field as much. But even a Debo Samuel playing 18% less snaps is still a very valuable Debo Samuel. Yeah, and even though he hasn't been a stud, I think he's too talented to bench. He has the potential for big games. This year, Debo, in the games he's played fully, half point uh, PPR, 8.8, 19.1, 22.1, and 10. It's a risk, but he's just too explosive. He's too involved in this offense, even in the running game. Do we have a Monday night game, or no, excuse me, the Monday night game this past week? Um, How much this week, Dave, Monday night? Oh, they do. Okay. I, I'm getting my stuff mixed up. I apologize, listeners. Thank you for bearing with me here. Um but I think off that off that loss, um, they're going to be dialed in, man. Shanahan and, and IU continues to be a savage. He's just a must-start all year long. But, uh, yeah, I think Debo's a, a guy you can stick in there. All right. How about Deontay Johnson? So he might come back this week, Tom. What do we think about him? Hamstring injury. Um, might we see him this week? Yeah, he's been on the IR for a while. He was just activated off of it. He's had an entire month and a half to rehab this hamstring injury. So he should be damn close to 100% if he's not completely 100%. So while receivers typically see a dip of about 13% fantasy points, I don't think that's going to be the case with Deontay because he should truly be close to 100%. But also he runs these short intermediate routes, so he's not stressing that hamstring like someone like uh, like his teammate George Pickens, who's always 50 yards down the field, uh, would have probably more of an issue than someone like Deontay. So I, I have no problem rolling him out there this week. Fair enough. Steelers, another team that's shockingly 3-2. and two. They're coming off a bye, playing the banged-up Rams this week. Um, Pickens has been okay. He showed out last game, six catches for a buck 30 and a huge late touchdown. I think I would trust Deontay, especially with all these buys. You could see probably some consistent usage out of him. Um, he's a guy that I would probably put in my starting lineup this week. And lastly, Tom, we have a couple birds. We got Devontae Smith, the recent pop-up with a hamstring injury, and Dallas Goddard with a groin. Tom, what do you have on these guys? Both of these were not reported at all during the game. Devontae actually played 99% of the snaps. So this tells me with him one of two things, either – this is just a rest day, simply a rest day, and it's not a true injury. Or it's something that popped up after the game, whether that be like that night or the next day or something like that. Sometimes when you're in the heat of the moment, you don't recognize that a minor injury has occurred. But either way, it does not appear to me on the surface that this is anything serious. But of course, the Thursday and Friday practice reports will give us a lot more information. If he does practice and does go on to play, then it's probably a very minor, if even an injury, and you can still start him. Um, if he doesn't practice, then I will, of course, tweet my thoughts at that time. 
Um, Dallas Goddard groin injury limited in practice. He played a season low 77% of snaps. So this probably did happen during the game. But again, I was glued to the game. It wasn't reported or anything like that. So must have been minor enough that he could play just not quite on as many snaps as usual. The groin, while it's involved in running and sprinting, it's not as relied on as other lower body muscles for athletics because it's on the inside of the hip. So when we cut, we push off from like, if you're cutting left, you push off with the right leg. It's more the outside of the hip muscles that are doing the work. So groins typically are not going to impact production as much as say a hamstring or a quad or a calf would. So if, I mean, Goddard's already practicing, even though it's limited, he's probably going to play. If he plays, you can still start him. And that's good news. And you just said season low for him, 77%. That's still pretty damn good. And with the tight end landscape it being as hideous and horrible as it is, I think you had to play Goddard. And Smith hasn't been great this year either, but you stick with him. Um, they also play the Dolphins this week. I think it's one of the highest projected totals this week. I saw 50 or 51. So it should be a shootout. That'll be a really fun game. Tom, any other guys that, you know, we have a list here, you know, just guys in general, if you want to touch on any of them, Daniel Jones, even... Anthony Richardson, I saw season-ending surgery. Jimmy G, Ryan Tannehill, uh, even saw Jeff Wilson, his practice window open but not activated yet. Any of these guys you want to just touch on? Uh, well, first off, these guys will all be covered in my weekly article, which by the time you're hearing this will be up. Richardson, really unfortunate. I mean, we talked a lot about how these grade three AC joint sprains, it can go either way. Sometimes rehab works, sometimes it doesn't. In this case, it, it didn't work or at least it was not um, projecting to work. So they just went ahead and did the surgery. These surgeries do really, really well. He will be 100% ready to go next year and not really at a significant increased risk for having that same injury again. It's going to take a massive force for that injury to happen again. So Richardson should be totally ready to go by next season. Um, Jimmy G dealing with a back injury, didn't practice today. We'll keep an eye on that. Daniel Jones with the neck injury that, uh, just want to kind of give my thoughts on some of the reports, just in case anybody's kind of freaking out about this. They saw, they reported that it's a neck injury that is also creating shoulder pain. That is incredibly common. So I see this literally every week in practice, part of the, um, certain portions of the neck can, what we call refer into the shoulder. That is different than a nerve type of injury, like a disc injury or a nerve root injury where it goes all the way down the arm into the hand, or, or sometimes it doesn't go that far. But there's these can be two totally different things, the referring into the shoulder versus the numbness, tingling, weakness into the hand. There's been no reports of numbness, tingling, weakness. It doesn't sound like a disc injury, so it's probably just what's called a facet dysfunction. The facets are where the, the joints in the spine where the one vertebra meets the other. And a lot of times they can get kind of jammed up, like literally jammed, like in football, when you get hit, they can jam right. together. And then it creates irritation, which can refer into the shoulder. It's actually my number one favorite thing to treat clinically. So not really concerned there. Tannehill with a high ankle sprain to his right. So his push off ankle. This is the same injury he had twice last year and ended up needing the uh, tightrope procedure for. I am not aware of anybody ever who's had the tightrope procedure and then re-injured that ankle. So this will be an interesting case to monitor um, simply because at least to my knowledge, we've never seen it before where there's literally that 
rope in there and then that ankle gets injured again. So I'm really interested to see how that goes. Um, and then there'll be some other guys on the, on the website article as well. Looking forward to it, Tom. I'm really excited to read that article. All righty. Thank you as always for your expert input and Tom, I hope that you can give some expert input on some sleeper picks this week. I'll let you go first this week. Remind us who I totally forget. What did you take last week and what's your current record on the season? You know, I missed last week, but it should um, it shouldn't count because it was DJ Moore over 57 and a half and his quarterback got hurt. So I think that should be waived. Um you uh, can't wave it. You know, you can't, unfortunately you can't call sleeper. I mean, we love those guys at sleeper and side note, by the way, we do have a promo code with them. It's fit. They'll give you a hundred dollar match. So sleeper.com slash promo slash fit hundred dollar match. Stuck that right in there, Tom, but you can't go to sleeper, unfortunately, and be like, Hey, sorry. Like I, I didn't really mean that bet to happen, but what's your rec? What are you three and three, three and three. And we're All about right. to go four and three because you just you talked a little bit earlier about your feelings about the Broncos as a team, and I'm going to reverberate that here. Russell Wilson will go for under 216 and a half passing yards this week. Is this our first under? It's our first under. Yes. Oh my goodness, the under! This How one, dare you? How just, dare you take an under? Doesn't it feel right though? It just feels right. Anything under with the Broncos sounds right. Fine, yeah. go on. So here, here's my, my two bullet notes. The first one, he is terrible. <laughs> Stinks. Go, go, Don't go. get me wrong. I mean, he's had an incredible career. But yeah, at yeah, this yeah, point yeah. in his career, he's terrible. My second one is Green Bay's ninth best pass defense, averaging 194.4 yards all season. And the last three games, 182.7 yards. So Russell Wilson will not hit 216 and a half yards. Also, like like we talked about before, you have the Packers coming off a bye. So they had an extra week to prepare for the lowly and miserable and stinky Broncos. So I like to pick Tom. I'm going with another over because I think as, as far as the season goes, I don't think I could take an under. I just don't think I could do it. I slide to, so this is tragic. We need another sad violin playing. And I don't mean to complain all show, but my gosh, I, was, I started the year 3-0, feeling great with my sleeper picks. Lost, lost, and last week, I was feeling it, man. TJ Hawkinson, over 50 and a half yards. He finished last week with six catches for 50 yards. No. <laughs> I lose by point five. That's how they get Womp, womp, womp. So I, I'm struggling a little bit. I'm looking to get uh, back to my winning ways, and I'm going to do that this week with my Chris Olave over 60.5 receiving yards. This is the Thursday night game against the Jags. I know he's had, not on our show today, which is good news. I know he's had that lingering, what, toe injury, Tom? A, t- a turf toe, yes, right? Toe injury, very mild. Okay, mild, which is good. So just some stuff about, about this game and why I like the Olave over 60 and a half. The Jags' best cornerback, uh, Tyson Campbell, is going to be out, so he's not playing. He has a hamstring injury. Olave himself coming off a strong game, went for seven catches last week for 10 uh, on 10 targets for 96 yards. I think the chemistry with Carr seems like it's getting back on track. Olave gets targeted a ton games this e- uh, this season, 10, 11, 11, 6, 5. That was a dip, but last week back to 10. The Jags defense ranks 31st in passing yards allowed, but third in rushing yards allowed. I think the Saints will throw. Spreads 1.5. It could be a close competitive game. On top of all that, even if you throw those statistics out, 
I just believe so much in Olave and the talent, and he's just way too good to be putting together a you know, mediocre you know, sophomore year campaign here. So I like Olave a lot. He is a second-year player, Tom, right, Tom? Am I, am I third yes. year? Third, second year? I question myself too much. All right, Chris Olave, I like him a lot. The over 60 and a half yards. Here we go. We go to the Vampire Diaries. And my Vampire League, if you got questions about it, we're happy to answer it. Tom, we won again. We just keep doing it, man. Standing. Five and one, baby. We are five and one. Raheem Mostert carried me this week. We are five and one. We stole. I had the choice. Could have stole. I told you last week. Diggs or Pollard. I stole Pollard because he's another guy. I'm a Pollard truther. I love him. So right now, my team, after six weeks, Tua at quarterback. We got Pollard and Mostert at the running back, which is solid. When my team is healthy, I'll have Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, in the flex spot, I have the choice of Zach Moss, Puka Nakua, Chris Olave, and Nico Collins. I need a tight end. This week, I play my sister, who has a couple guys on a bye, and she also has Tyreek Hill, who she already said she's sitting. So I will not be able to get Tyreek Hill this week, Tom. We'll see what happens here. All right. That's such a terrible that they can just sit them. That's so stupid. They should they should have to if all right if that's gonna be a rule, they have to then donate twenty dollars to the pot. I will ask them if that can be a thing for next year. Now, if it I can't blame them. It's the rules. Would I would you set if you were playing me this week and you had your best guys on a buy and my was projected 110 points and you were projected 80, would you play your studs and risk of losing them? What did Herm Edwards say in that one rant like 20 years ago? Is it do you play to win the game? Is that yeah, one yeah. or is that a different one? Yeah. That's the one. All right. Respect to uh, Chris Bruno, who played his boys last week. Thank you. Love it. All right. And sh- you're probably not listening to this, but just throw Tyreek Hill in there. What's the big deal? Maybe he goes off for you. All right. If you've made it this long, guys, we got about two minutes left in our show. You've made it to a random trivia. Tom just like loves history and he always asks me random history facts. It's so funny. Like, Joe, what happened in 1807? I'm like, Tom, like, what, what do you mean what happened in 1807? I don't know. You're like, you asked me great questions. So he asked me this week, throw a little history trivia in there for you. So listen, we'll come up with some sort of a prize for one of you guys. So if you want to answer the question, tweet at us at injury underscore fantasy. And Tom will give you a little one minute history lesson. So we're covering the American Revolutionary War in my history class, a classic American history US one topic. So I don't know if you, if, what you know about this, Tom, but tensions right now are, well, not right now, but historically speaking, in the 1760s and 70s, tensions are rising in America, Tom. We've got uh, the Americans who, of course, are disgusted with taxes and taxation specifically without representation. You have basically Britain and King George sending four or 5,000 troops to the colonies to make sure that they're paying their taxes, doing the right thing. There's invaders in their homes. You have Boston, Massachusetts, which is basically a total ticking time bomb at this point. Things are going absolutely insane there. So we have this event in history, Tom, called the Boston Massacre, which basically is the first time it's really technically not part of the Revolutionary War. It's a cause of it. But long story short is that five people were killed at the Boston Massacre. Five, quote unquote, innocent Americans were killed by British troops. And of course, the British troops were tried for murder, Tom. And, you know, there's two different perspectives to the story. Was it self-defense? Were they just shooting into an innocent crowd? But they, these British troops from 3,000 miles away, 
went and sat in front of a judge and a jury of Bostonians, of people that absolutely hated them. The jury, almost before it started, was going to say guilty, 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 because they hated them. Here's the trivia question. There was one man who was one of the most prominent lawyers, basically of all time, in that time period. And he was a very, very famous American founding father who believed everybody deserved a fair chance. He was kind enough and he had the uh, foreshadowing or the, the vision to decide that he was going to be the lawyer for these British troops. And he actually was able to succeed and get them off. And they were basically branded on the thumb and they were uh, tried of manslaughter, which is involuntary murder. So they really got like a slap on the wrist. So that's your, uh, I said minute, that was probably longer than a minute, but Tom, I'll let you guess after the show is over, but your, your, your question is who was that man? Who was that lawyer? It's a name that I absolutely guarantee you know if you live in the United States of America. Who was it? Tweet us your answers. Tom, great show. Hope you enjoyed the history lesson at the end there. You gave me some lessons in uh, injury history and injury analysis, <laughs> but it was fun, man. Good luck this week, Tom. And, and you guys, thanks for listening. Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you next time on the Fantasy Injury Team Podcast. Thank you.